Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Looks like we've been back again for 10 seconds there. Didn't realize it, but... Uh, I don't think no. so. Okay, Have good we? deal. Okay. I, I don't know. The Rare clock form. is confusing me, but, uh, you know, uh, stay up till 2 a.m., drive home. Uh, maybe maybe the maybe you lose six seconds or so on the starting. Nonetheless, um, <clears throat> pretty fun evening last night, Bud. Uh, pretty remarkable performance. We... Uh, did the instant reaction from the from the parking lot there and had a chance to go back and I was able to get a quick look uh, upon getting in and uh, have a second look and third look at uh, the second half. So uh, excited to uh, break down what was just a a, a statement uh, that's, that's hard to almost articulate how how much of a thorough you know, i don't want to say beat down but you just physically bullied lsu in the second half and uh, i think uh a lot of us were confident about the game uh you and i both started to hear from people who know ball at a high level not just you know not not being derogatory towards fans but i mean people who's get paid very well to evaluate this sport that um i know what florida state is i know what lsu is and the, and the matchups just aren't there so we thought Florida State had a real good chance here, and we thought Florida State could cause problems with uh, with their secondary. I'm not sure I saw the physical level of play and the beating of blocks and shedding blockers on the perimeter and uh, some of the things that stick out to me uh, when I go back and look at it that is just different. And, hey, look, there's a ton to talk about from last night. I don't want to take us down one individual path, but just an incredible performance. Great to see you. Great to be able to spend time with – with you and so many of our fantastic listeners uh, and what a, what a game we have to talk about tonight. Awesome time to Matt's hotel gate, you, you and your lovely wife and everybody. And, and it was, it was, it was really great to see people who were like, man, I, I've been listening to you guys since the talk shoe days. And, and my wife's like, yeah, that, I mean, I wasn't wrong. That was some real loser stuff that they were, that these two dudes were talking to each other on the phone and recording it, which is kind of what we did. Cause we'd have microphones or money back in the day. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a really fun night to go and enjoy, and that's um, probably about as cool of an atmosphere as you can get for a neutral site regular season game. Uh, I, I thought Knowles fans really showed out, and and it last year it felt at times in the Superdome not like a true home game, but like a, this is not an LSU home game. Uh, flip flip it, you know, a couple hundred miles away, this felt like a Florida State home game in Orlando. Like yeah, FSU I mean, fans Florida State side lot. was was Florida State side for yeah for all intents and purposes, and then the the you know that lower level uh, was pretty strongly LSU and out on the flanks, but the upper deck on the LSU side looked eighty percent Noel fans. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't think saying it's 70, 30, 70, 30 might be conservative in what it was last night, and uh, you know this fan base is is large and active and 10.3 million people watching this game uh, gives you an idea or 10.3, I think was the peak 9.1 was the average, whatever the number it was massive largest game since 2016 uh, for a Labor Day game. And um, quite the statement all around from the fan base, from, uh, from the electron or the, you know, the broader electronics slash TV. Um, and then from the people on the field, just uh, 
you know, we weren't lying to you when we went and watched practice and were as optimistic as we've ever been probably in the history of this podcast about, you know, what we saw and what we thought could be out there now. Um, you know, it's not just going to be 57 to nothing or whatever we're moving forward. And there's a lot that was not great. And there's some things that we can talk about and break down the game in a fuller manner. But uh, just overall, from uh, from the tailgate to uh, <laughs> to the two hour wait to get an Uber uh, last night was an incredible experience and, and quite the statement from from the fan base in general. So go back three weeks ago. When, when, when was the Tampa Knowles thing? I believe that was about three weeks ago. Yeah. We we had kind of debated if we were going to share this or not with the audience there. And I was like, you know what? Like people paid for the VIP experience, right? Like they're not recording it. We're not going to get well actually on this. I'm just going to share, you know, what what a friend of mine who who's a defensive coach in college, but a a big LSU fan. And he was like, You guys are going to effing kill FSU or LSU. I was like, what? Like, you think it's, it's like, yeah. And I mean, he's a college coach, but he uses we for LSU. He's like, we do not match up well with the things that Florida State does well at all. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's tell the Tampa Knowles that. And yeah, um, I think we can kind of call that a killing, right? I mean, it, it, it maybe took a, Took about twenty minutes longer than than maybe you thought if if everything went right, but your matchup edges were just massive, and you just exploited them over and over again. I I, I shared some images uh, tonight from you know the the high up angle. You never had to play this card where you just drop back fifty times, but I honest to God think you could have and still dropped thirty or forty. On LSU, if you didn't do a single run play, you were getting guys open every single time. Now, look, there's a lot to talk about. But to me, the one huge matchup edge you thought, you didn't know, but you kind of thought, given who LSU took in the portal and who was not on the field for them, right? Like, what are the odds that the number three and four corners they took in the portal are, are studs? Pretty low. You know, as... As people mm-hmm. who study the portal quite a bit, like you take a Denver Harris, he ain't on the field for you, right? You take Johnson from Ohio State, he's not on the field. What are the odds your third and fourth corner you took can check Johnny and Keon? Turns out that night, zero percent, right? Like they were not. It's not like their guys didn't play hard, but they were outmatched physically by you, um, and Mike also just beat them on scheme. Um, I'm sure some LSU fans will tell us some of it's self-inflicted. And given how they use Perkins, I, I don't completely disagree. Uh, but that's still a choice, right? And you you made that choice to limit uh, to limit Jordan's legs. And Jordan just roasted them throwing the football. And honestly, like, his numbers were good. I thought his pocket presence and scrambling were good. His overall throwing the ball, like, literally has room for improvement. And the guy was... I should probably hit, like be a better podcaster here and, and have the numbers pulled up. I mean, he was 23 of 31 for 342, four tutties, and like three drops. Or four drops? Like three drops, right? Yeah, D- J- Johnny 2, Bell 1. 
I mean, those are great numbers, and yet he absolutely could have thrown for 500 yards in this game. If, mm-hmm. if, if you trust it just a little bit more, like there's room for improvement on an offense that just that just dropped 45. And not very many cheap you know, points in that 45, man. I was – I think that's why – I mean, you and I were sitting next to each other in stands. That's why, like, you never really panicked. The only thing that had me super nervous was like, all right, they are on pace for 600 yards. Yeah. So at some point, and they probably screwed up LSU by not scoring earlier. Like they should have killed you when they had the chance and didn't because you bowed up and out physical them along the line of scrimmage in the most compressed part of the field. But I was like, if you if you can get the defense, get like just a stop or two, LSU is not going to stop you very much. Like you're getting guys wide open several times per drive. The first drive they score on. They have two drops, and Jordan has two bad misses, and they have a 15-yard OPI. And they're like, ah, no problem. Watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, anytime you have a goal line stand, uh, and certainly you know, two similar stops like that, that it's going to skew the numbers and total yards and stuff like that. But um, no, I mean, from the from the first play on, uh, there was a little bit of confusion in, in aspects of – of Florida State's defense, and that's gonna, you know, look, that's gonna happen, man. Then they they have really good coaches that are paid a lot of money who have, you know, eight months to prepare for playoff that games and show you stuff that you've never seen before. I mean, so some of that's gonna happen. But you're right. About five or ten minutes in the second quarter, we started talking amongst ourselves, just saying like, it's concerning that they're, you know, but at the same time, it's concerning, and they haven't capitalized on it. Uh, you know, they they didn't do maybe what they needed to there in that window. And and even then, you know, kind of to what we're talking about, maybe you just get a little bit more aggressive in the past game. You lean on it a little bit more. And, and ultimately what happened is, you know, ends up happening, but uh, just a, a, you know, remarkable response uh, from Florida state and to keep, you know, chipping away at it. And then ultimately once you kind of found traction there in the third quarter, there was just nothing there. And yeah, I mean, a couple of freshmen who were in playing the first snap of college football, um, act like freshmen who have never played college football before, and you give up a late touchdown. But that, you know, honestly, in the long run, that's probably the best thing that could that could ever happen to you. Both that you got those guys snaps, you got something to aggressively coach them on moving forward, and you know they're going to get a hell of a lot more snaps uh, with this team, and uh, that's something that you can you know you can grow from. So uh, one thing that would be impossible for you and I guess us, I'll, I'll group myself with this to grow from is. Uh, is to be better at prize picks than you were on our last podcast. But I think I think we got everyone that you suggested. I, look, I, you and I kind of worked collaboratively over this last year, um, and we'd compare things. But I, you've been I can, busy with my friends. All respect to my friends at Prize Picks, and I do legitimately love Prize Picks. Uh, I had to lean on you last week a little bit, a little bit more. And uh, damn, if our audience isn't isn't fortunate to have somebody like yourself who's uh, you know has fun with this and. You know, but just a disclaimer: Bud's not going to go with, uh, not going to bat a thousand every weekend. Uh, I will not hit was, a twenty-five to one shot twice in a week. Every that week. was that is, quite the per, quite the performance and quite the suggestions from you last week, sir. So I appreciate that. Now we did uh, we did go three for three on our Florida State side of the prize picks from the official card tweeted out. Of course, promo code Nolcast gets you that one hundred percent deposit match bonus. Uh, to play prize picks uh, up to $100, of course. So Trey Benson, less than 15 and a half receiving yards. That's just, you know, the ball club. 
if they want to throw the ball, they usually throw it to Philly. It's not that Trey can't catch, but he's a better runner than he is a catcher, right? Uh, Jordan Travis over 25 or 22 and a half or more than 22 and a half fantasy score, excuse me, uh, 37.68. So pretty solid there. Uh, and then um, some guy named Keon Coleman, more than 58 and a half receiving yards. <laughs> All right, folks, if you did not take advantage of Keon Coleman, 58 and a half receiving yards, going more than 58 and a half receiving yards, I have some bad news. Uh, I'm fairly certain that Keon Coleman will never have a receiving yards, more or less, number that starts with a five or a six or maybe not a seven in the maybe big game. It's going to be a while till we see a seven. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the, the, the price of poker doesn't change, guys, on, on, on Keon <laughs> Coleman. On the price picks, I hope everybody took advantage of that. Um, and uh, at the same time, uh, it's going to make me feel more comfortable about betting on Johnny. Some, I mean, you know, we can we can talk more about it. Uh, Johnny had a couple drops. Johnny still had a hundred yards and and blocked his rear end off and played really well situationally. But man, Jaheim, Johnny, uh, Trey, Darian Williamson got more snaps than I, I necessarily thought he would. All those guys are going to have incredible opportunities because. Uh, people might put a team of three to follow Keon Coleman around moving forward. I mean, you just that guy's a problem, and he's going to open up uh, statistical opportunities that we look forward to talking about all year and and uh, being able to see where some of the numbers move on prize picks. And it's fun to do and fun to uh, choose more or less on certain things, but it's kind of kind of cool to see the lagging indicator as to how much the national audience is familiar with your team and how they adjust to what it is, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to see any more fives uh, for, for Mr. Keon I, Coleman. No. Probably not, no. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a really fun night. Uh, who said hope is not a plan? It, it, it's a famous quote. I'm not sure who said it. But it really, at a certain point, you kind of have to double Keon and then sort of hope that Johnny just has an off game. And it looked like he was going to have an off game to start. And then you kind of look at the stat sheet and you're like, well, damn. Seven for 102, mm-hmm. five, five catches that went for first downs and, and, and two PI calls drawn. I mean, your your top yeah. two guys went. I, I wrote this down, or I should probably we're, here we go. Sorry, I got a lot of notes on college football today. Your top two guys, uh, 16 catches, 226 yards, three touchdowns, two PI calls drawn. I mean, what what are you going to do with that? With a quarterback who can run and, uh, you know, Benson, who's a threat to hit an explosive run, and obviously like multiple tight ends who are are dangerous. And like, I don't think Destin Hill had a catch. That'll change pretty soon, I yep. think. Oh, I did want to give a shout out to Hakeem. For getting a pancake block in there and oh, give, give it a hot, hell of a highlight, that high, a hell of a highlight uh, high effort board. away from the ball play. Like it. I, uh, Rodney Hill's mom and I watched that play five times this morning in the hotel lobby. Uh, and, and she, that's a great, sweet lady, and she is proud of her son and loved watching that replay, uh, many, many times over. Um, so yeah, great for Akeem, uh, great to see that. Um, and you know, it's just, you know, the Benson thing's interesting uh, to look at because I, and you can, you know, I'll get your opinion on this. Uh, and Benson was better 
when I went back and watched the game on tape than it's than what I thought made me originally from the stands. Although, you know, there's there's things that he's only going to improve upon. Uh, but Benson's he's kind of like a, a little bit of uh, old school running back in that you got to kind of get him the ball. You just got to feed him carries. And the more you give him the ball, the more comfortable he gets, the more uh, it seems he becomes more and more of an instinctive runner. Um, so for a sport that doesn't feature, you know, 26 carries to the tailback all that frequently, um, it will be fun to see how they, they work that. And, uh, you know, I think you just continue to work Trey and continue to give him opportunities and a guy that I literally think learns more about the position, you know, with each game. And obviously that's applicable to everybody, but you're still looking at a, a guy who's, you know, only carried the ball so many times in a career. And, uh, I think in time is only going to, you know, see more cuts and, and uh, you know, get maybe get to that point of comfort and instinctiveness with less and less carries. Uh, but he does appear to be somebody that gets better and better with each time you give the ball throughout the course of a game. I, I watched the All-22 before we did this. I thought that it actually showed a little bit of, like, growth from Benson in that he was willing to take a profit at times and just stick his head up in there and just try to grind out the tough two or three. You know, I, I think – and I'm not saying he did this perfectly every time. He obviously never hit the huge run, right? He had the one chance and it kind of got tripped. And then there is a time that they, they run uh, – they hit like a beautiful split zone look and uh, uh, Roddick has this blocked at, at pretty well it looked like. And his feet get a little crossed, and LSU's DT, the Wingo kid, just does a great job, mm-hmm. like like basically saving the play because LSU is screwed if mm-hmm. if 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 Wingo doesn't make the play because um because Marie, Marie Smith climbed to the backer like like he and he and Dimitri comboed it nice and it was just it, Benson was was going to go for like forty and LSU's mm-hmm. DT just made a great look. He's going to be like probably a, that kid was better than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew he was first second team All SEC or whatever last year. Like golly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was, but, and I know, I think he missed one or two cuts, which again, got to improve on it, will improve, but he didn't do the thing where he tried to like crazy bounce it and then take a loss of like seven or eight. And I think mm-hmm. if you just sort of like baseball, like you're fouling off pitches, you're keeping Jordan in this passing game in the at bat, right? You're, you're letting them live another down because they don't fear these long down and distances all that much it seems like and that's really to jordan's credit i think and that he's his pocket movement has gotten so much better his ability to slide laterally right with without having to fully turn his body to really keep his eyes up to where as soon as he gets clear of anything he knows exactly where he wants to go with the ball i mean how many hard throws did jordan have not many a lot Mm -hmm. of them are wide and that's not that's not a knock i'm saying he created easy throws with his legs yeah but no i i thought that benson ran hard like for the most part, or was willing to just stick it up. And he got two, he got three at times. That's not what you want, but it's better than like not sticking patient with it. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the run game up in the second half, right? It was, you make LSU declare what they want to do. Okay. Clearly like they have to have a plan for what you're going to run counter. Okay. You're seeing how this is good. They're going to use Perkins. You're seeing this, you're seeing that they're, they're, they're going to have Wingo play that basically that, that kind of shade nose on the backside of your counter. And he's, he's going to shoot it. And you know, Mo Smith, most Smith ain't the only center out there who really can't can't clip Wingo consistently on a down block. It's just it, it's they're committing to taking that play away from the the formations you wanted to run it on, and 
you had uh, you had some choices to make, and they they did switch up personnel a little bit. We saw Keandre Jones in there. We saw Bless Harris come in. Uh, I thought I saw uh, uh, Washington actually in there some in the second half. Unless my eyes are playing tricks on me, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. D- Darius Darius got in there for, and it wasn't just like w- w- when the twos were in at the end. I'm, I'm pretty sure he actually came in and played. Um. I mean, once they got like LSU out formation in the run game, it was like, oh, this is this this might really be a route because you were the pass game was pretty much there all night, mm-hmm. you know. And I like, yeah, uh, this is very fanish um, and not something that this podcast like does a ton. But what do you think if you were to say like one play, maybe the most important play of the night or something like that that really sticks out to you uh, when you when you just think about that stretch there in the third quarter where uh, Florida state started to started to make the game. It's, you know, make the game theirs. For me, it's the fourth and two with Toa Philly. I mean, that is yeah, a, that's a really good one. beautifully designed play call. It's Toa Philly being Toa Philly. It's Johnny Wilson just being a freaking menace downfield blocking everybody. Um, and then obviously not tied to this play, but Jordan scores one play after. It was just that felt like uh, if we go back to the conversation we're having five, seven minutes ago about not making the most of it and not putting Florida State away when you had a chance, or not away, I'm not yeah. saying, but putting them in a place from a game perspective that they have to start acting in a different manner than they would, you know, normally. Um, that was like the, well, damn, we abs- absolutely missed it. And now, we're playing in a totally different game. And, you know, again, uh, for, except for a, uh, a, a loose moment from a bunch of kids getting on the field for the first time, you know, LSU doesn't score again. And, and Florida state basically does what it wants from, from that point on. What 100%. Um, we kind of organically have talked about wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. You want to touch on tight ends and offensive line real quickly. Uh, yeah. that of what, what we haven't kind of talked about. I will. Uh, I do want to give a shout out, obviously, to the legendary team, Chad and Shannon. Great, great to see them yesterday. Hang with us. I see Chad in the chat tonight. Um, really awesome working with those dudes. And it felt like every single person I talked to at the tailgate had a loan <laughs> from those dudes. So 844 FSU loan is the number to call. Uh, obviously, the most trusted brand for us in the space. I've, I've done it twice. And oh, I met the guy. Uh, we met the dude who has mm-hmm. four loans through them. Yeah, and reminded so, me that I told somebody I'd buy him A5 Wagyu if he does five. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, that was a stupid comment, but uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's be careful of what we say, Ingram. Uh, but no. You have to do more prize picks, man. I mean, he was wearing a Dalvin Cook jersey, and he is the he's the four-loan dog. And no, I mean, we met so many people at that tailgate that had gotten loaned through Shannon, and, and the tailgate was awesome because in many ways it's – it's Shannon, it's uh, Chad Lewis and his whole family. It's uh, Matt Thompson, obviously, um, and and his lovely wife, Lindsay, working the gate. And it was just a lot of people who have made the Nolcast possible and been uh, incredible contributors to what this podcast has ultimately turned into. And it was just a, just an exceptional experience. So thank you to all those guys. ConcrudeHR.com is the website if you want to work with Matt and his team. Uh, everybody knows where Madison Social and Township and everything else is in Tallahassee, but no greater, you know, supporter of Florida State athletics and supporter of, of the experience of being a 
a fan of Florida State, uh, totally the university in itself, then Madison Social and uh, Shannon. It was no missing man formation this year, dog. We had the whole the whole crew, and great to see uh, Chad and and uh, his son and and Shannon and and Mia. It was just great to great to have the whole. The whole sponsor family there, so fantastic time out at the I told Chad get a picture now because because that kid's about to be bigger than you by by, by next year, man. <laughs> um, all right, so offensive line had a difficult task. Uh, I thought Matt Moscona, who we had on here, was was really good for highlighting like what LSU's good at and what they're not maybe good at. Like he didn't sugarcoat that these DBs might really suck. <laughs> no, oh yeah. I don't know if they're gonna suck all year, but they damn sure suck when they when they had to, had to guard Keon and Johnny. Uh but he's like, Yeah, look, they definitely still have dudes on the defensive line. And uh FSU's offensive line found that out. There really won't be many uh fronts you play this year that are as good as that. And I I say that without Mason Smith. I I still think Florida State would have won the game had LSU played Mason Smith. After seeing what Wingo did, I am not entirely convinced that they would have blown LSU out had they had to block Mason Smith and Wingo on the inside. I know we saw that comment there in in the chat. No, I, I still think Florida State would have won because Mason Smith doesn't play corner, right? Uh, so, like that's that's the kind of the edge you kept exploiting. Bless Harris though, is a guy who is still kind of raw, still developing as a player. He has a year left, right? Because he got. Probably got the red shirt last year, or am I wrong on that? I uh, I believe he has a year. I will I will look at that and have a solid answer for everybody next time we convene. But uh, I believe he does have one year. He uh, what's do you have the roster there in front of you? Um, I do. Yeah, I'm looking here, but I just the the COVID thing messes me up on all this. I I need to color code it differently. Um, I used to have a one that I really really liked. Okay, so it says he's a redshirt senior, but I don't know if it, it's like the the injury injury shirt and and the the, the COVID shirt. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought he played well. He came in for Robert Scott. Mm. Not exactly sure uh, what the deal with Scott was. I just think he has natural ability, man. You know, it just it it. Some guys are. I don't love the idea of like gamers first practice players because I need you to be good in practice too. But I do think he just the ability for him takes over, you know. And he was pretty good in practice too. I mean, yeah. I can tell you, he's uh, you know, there are times where Bless had the ability to block Jared probably better than anybody else in the roster. That when I when I kept referencing Bless Harris uh, in the last month or so, uh, look, nobody's getting the best out of Jared when you when you do it to scale. Okay, uh, not you know, not too many people in in all college football, but. Um, there were there were times in practice where Bless shows that he's got some pretty special traits too, uh, and that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. I don't I'm not playing dumb. I'm not sure what the situation with Robert Scott is. You, you look at it more. It might have been a flare up from you know something that he's dealt with. It might have just been that you know with that personnel package uh, they thought that Bless was the better option. I don't know, um, but you know you're you're deep there. I did think that. Uh, that Dimitri Emmanuel played a, a good game when I went. I thought that watching the game and when I went back and looked, uh, Rodney or uh, Mo Smith played well. I mean, you just got to put it through a filter of who he was asked to yeah. block, in my opinion. I mean, it's just like you said, that dude's not not too many people are gonna push that guy around. Um, I, I thought, I thought Mo played 
played pretty well. I really do. If you're in the stands, you see Mo like bending over, you know, like he's clearly playing through pain, having to block a guy who is, you know, potentially a first rounder, but certainly like a top 100 type pick with, with that kind of quickness. Like Mo, this is not insider information. Just if you're in the stands, you see it. Like that guy is not 100. He is gutting it out, right? I don't think anybody else can really snap and play at the level he gave you. And it's this weird thing where. Like on PFF, Mo Smith was your lowest graded player on offense, but by far. And yet, agreed. If you adjust for who he had the block and the assignments that he had, I, I really thought that that he played admirably. Mm. You know, that was that was encouraging. Uh, they also ran a little more power than counter in the second half, which which I do think helped him out a little bit. They ran a little more of the two back stuff. They they went a little bit more of some of the same side stuff. With the goal, and I'm not going to tell straight here, but basically, like, like the goal of getting LSU to rotate differently with its safeties and nickel, right? And they were able to create different angles on that stuff. You, you kind of you manipulate the overhang defender. Anyway, like they have a lot because they have so much experience, and they were able to put in so much stuff in spring and rep a lot of stuff in fall. There's not a lot of like, hey guys, this is new you know, type thing. Let, let's learn that they just, there's a lot of different variations they can run on this stuff. And the, the best offensive teachers out there have the ability to keep it simple for the kids, but make it appear very different to the defense. I thought Georgia last year with Todd Munkin did a beautiful job of it. The, the best, the best offensive coaches out there, they're the guys who the defensive coaches are like, how the hell do they rep all that in practice? You know, kind of like remember Boise back in the day, when all like basically all the offensive coaches, they they weren't cheating, but like they all thought that like Chris Peterson had like secret practices or something because there's no <laughs> way any team can rep all of this different scheme and be clean at it. Um, I think Florida State has the ability to, to throw a lot of different pitches at you, but throw them all well, or at least uh, you know at least throw them all for strikes, right? And it was that was really really pretty impressive. Uh, Byers was a little bit less consistent for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that the good out of Byers uh, was good. Like, when Byers got it right, he achieved movement. Like, that's – which is not surprising. He's kind of the most NFL-looking bodies of this group, right? Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was that was pretty important. That's a lot of offensive talk, about, like, 30 minutes of it. That was – it was really damn good. It was cool to see uh, the the bell the bell stuff was a nice reminder for me and for the defense. Like, oh, by the way, there's this guy too. Okay, you're so focused on everything else. Here's Jaheim for sixty, <laughs> you know, and then mm -hmm. here's Jaheim on an end around. And like, people might say, why would you show that? But I think it's oh, that's another thing you got to prep for now on the goal line, right? You're not overplaying some of the stuff. Yeah. Quite so much potentially, like Jordan. I mean, that's has, like, not a spidey that, sense. You ran that all the time last year. You were just giving it to Mike Pittman, and yeah. it's not a surprise that Jaheim Bell could carry the ball. You know, I mean, that's not. I don't think you're. Uh, you know, it's not like you had something wild in your back pocket that you showed there. I think that you know yeah. traditional deductive reasoning could have could have a deductive reason could have could have let you know that that was a possibility i'll put it that way so if i told you that keandre jones plays 35 snaps in this ball game and has the second highest uh pass blocking grade 
because mm-hmm. he's got he's got he's got a little mass to him, right? Hard he's to knock big, back. He's big dog. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He, he's in a, in a yeah. position of big men. Uh, Mr. Jones is he big? Speaking of it's Mr. Just, Jones, I saw Greg Jones this weekend. I mean, that's oh. that's that's just I acted like a child. I mean, I was just like, dude, that's Greg Jones. Uh, it was awesome to see. So many alums, Travis Johnson. We ran into uh, Brian McFadden after the game. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was down on the sideline having a great time. And it's Dockett was down there. Great to see. Yeah, Dockett was down there putting on a, a coaching uh, convention with some of the well, not coaching, of course, guys. just yes. explaining that Thank back you. in his day, clearly, yeah, he did it this way. yeah, but here's yeah. what I did I just <laughs> picked people up and threw them out of the way. You can do that too. Uh, but no, it's again, it's, it's emblematic of where the program is, it's emblematic of the culture surrounding the program it's emblematic of the job that mike has done uh and mike's got a lot of great people on the staff and uh you know got a lot of great great people all rowing in the right direction but you know mike mike has built a monster and uh seeing how many former players are are back and engaged is uh is just a, a great reminder of that no no doubt about it it's uh you got a lot of people rowing in the same direction on under mike's leadership here uh yep. Somebody asked me, like, how would you defend this offense? And it's really tough because you have so much. You have unique talents at a lot of the positions. I think you are largely good enough on the O-line as long as you don't make mental mistakes, right? And I thought that was something they did. Like, generally, when they got beat, they got physically beat. You were not allowing a whole lot of mental mistakes. You're going to make some. Everybody makes some, and it's week one. But I thought they were fairly clean overall. Uh, and that's important because, yes, you just blew LSU out. You still don't have a lot of guys that are going to play pro ball on this offensive line. So they have to do the whole 24-year-old veteran, not make mental mistakes thing, make the opponent physically earn everything they get type thing, not get confused, pass guys off, you know, be, be sharp, lack of penalties, that kind of stuff. Like, how many holding calls do they have? Not not many. They, I thought the offensive line played fairly cleanly in this one. And if they're going to go play with some of these really elite defenses, that's what they're going to have to get out of that group. Like that's probably the max that group can give you, and that's what you want. Yeah. Right. Um, Great to see so many uh, Florida State. I mean, I'll tell you, I think I might have saw as many of those Osceola and Renegade yellow home field shirts uh, this weekend as anything out there. That obviously has been a very successful product for them and uh, want to thank our friends at home field for giving us a chance to work with them yet again. Uh, Nolcast 23 is the coupon code there to get you, uh, I believe, an additional 15% off uh, anything purchased. Great people. Great product, something that I legitimately uh, enjoy wearing, enjoy giving to my family. Uh, Homefield has some some great stuff, and they've got some great new stuff that they just released uh, about 10 days ago or so, including a, a very sharp old logo bomber jacket uh, type thing, kind of the old early get 90s starter jackets. I haven't ordered it. That's my fault. It's also been 100 degrees everywhere that I've been, and I haven't <laughs> had bomber jacket on the mind, but I will – I will order it this week. Uh, absolutely. Very, very handsome and uh, excited to again work with our friends at Homefield. Homefieldapparel.com, coupon code NOLCAST23. And uh, great, uh, great stuff. And do go take a look at their new product line as well for Florida State. All right. Uh, last couple of things on the offense. 
Jordan Travis was four of six on passes that went more than 15 yards in the air. Mm -hmm. If you can play pitch and catch 15 yards down the field, you are not yeah. going to lose a ball game. Uh, that's part of having uh, Keon Coleman too. That uh, that is yeah. that is helpful. Yeah, he's definitely uh, more than half of the of that. Uh, and the thing is, if you watched it, I know that, like we're not going to talk Keon Coleman for an hour, but we probably could. Early on, it seemed like they were intent on getting him the ball on screens. I mean, they threw three screens to Keon in the first half. Yeah, and I thought the blocking on those was pitiful, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like like now, granted, the one is a really good play by the DB. So I, it's those guys are on scholarship too. And and yeah, they weren't great in coverage, but like that was a pretty good play to, to fight through that screen. And it seemed like eventually they're like, you know, he's literally pointing at the guy. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it to him. And then, I mean, it was very clear that, that you had the the slot look against, like the, the first touchdown he catches is against a safety. I think the guy he calls out after the snap, because you've seen the clip of him calling the dude out. Mm -hmm. That's not yeah. the guy who covers him on the next play. Yeah, they just they just let him get get a, a, a vertical release into the safety, who does about as good of a job as you can do, I think, for that you know for being who that kid is. Um, let me see points inside the red zone, six per trip. That is what you want right there. Uh, counters to the counters. Uh, Jordan really, uh, I do think the threat of Perkins kind of kept Jordan in the pocket for the most part like he didn't have the crazy scrambles but uh I, I bet you if you give mike nordell the truth serum he's he's fairly happy with how else you chose to deploy perkins <laughs> yeah uh i talked to a a personnel guy tonight at a different power five school but a lot of guys watched that game last night and uh he's like yeah i, I think you're always pretty pleased when they take maybe the best speed rusher in the entire sport of college football and decide to make him an off-ball linebacker slash mm, spy. That's mm, mm -hmm. 28 coverage snaps, seven rushes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, now, on the flip side, we talked about Mo Smith having a game that I think everybody's proud of. One of your lowest-rated defenders per PFF is Deuce. And yet... Again, I was talking to this personnel guy on the phone about his league, and that their, their team is active in the portal, and so he was he watched Cypress intently. He's like, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, N Neighbors is a probable first round pick, and Neighbors caught like seven balls for like sixty or seventy yards, and they let Deuce cover him a lot. Mm -hmm. it, if you can get away without playing bra like too much bracket on on Neighbors. You're gonna like eight for a hundred, fine, right? Whatever, like right. cool, like not. It's not eight for one eighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I thought he was better than people think. Obviously, his grade is not going to be very good. Do Cypress probably not a first round pick? I think he is a pick, but um, neighbors is, and I, I mean, there was like a four or five play drive. Remember that? Like towards the end, they go at him a ton. Yeah, I know Dan Daniels didn't throw great balls, but this no, wasn't. He played pretty well. He got he got lucky on the one uh, yeah. crosser that the guy drops that he's probably probably leaving him uh, in the dust if he catches that ball. Or I'm not leaving him in the dust. He's deucing making that tackle. Uh, let me put it that way. Um, but no, I I thought Cypress played well, and you know I, I agree with you. It's, it's real hard to be good in games and 
not good in practice and, and not suggesting he hadn't been good at practice but hadn't been dominant. Um, but it was good to see him have a have a play like that. Uh, do you have you have the total snap numbers in front of you? I do. Yeah. Who do how many want? how many did Barker get? That was a kid that I was surprised. I mean, he got in early, uh, relatively speaking, earlier than than some of the other uh, newcomers, and he played nine. Nine. Okay. All right. So nine. not you know not a ton, but um, interested to see how much uh, how much continued work he does. I I do think that. Uh, you're going to see a decent amount of rotation uh, at the safety position, and I'll be interested to see who ends up, you know, winning winning the majority of those snaps as the season uh, evolves. You're a, a 31 point favorite over a Southern Miss team that uh, was a bowl team out of the Sun Belt last year, and by all accounts, is better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. I think that says something. Yeah, um, you should be playing a lot of young guys down the stretch. I think really like you know getting them reps and keeping them happy keeping your guys legs fresh uh i i do hope that everybody played prize picks tonight but maybe playing a little more of the less category than, than the more if you're playing clemson's offense uh 14 of 20 for k k klubnik uh, yeah good, except for 85 yards yeah 85 yards and a couple balls could have been caught uh by guys who wear blue and white and uh yeah that's a little bit of a deceptive uh, deceptive stat line there. Uh, did play a little, uh, little like alt unders in this game. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, just figuring like there's some chance Clemson's D line dominates Duke, and there's some chance Clemson's offense either isn't good or isn't fully in sync in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. if if the, both those things happen, then then we get some some like six to one shot type stuff. Uh, which who knows? We got the whole second half to play here. Deloach graded really well uh, on defense. I thought that was good. Um, remember that stat four of six on passes that went 15 yards in the air? Yeah. Do you know what Daniels was before garbage time? I'd love to know. Oh, for three. Oh, for three. Okay. Um, what was the PFF on Lundy and Bethune? Uh, Lundy was, I thought that's the best game Lundy's ever played for Florida State. I mean, that, that, the, that guy has continued to, improve and I, I constantly go back uh to this because it's you know me and you drinking at a bar but like we we made a comment that guy has physically done things yeah. with his hips and his body that you don't see a whole lot that is a totally different player than where he was two years ago uh remarkable his uh his blitz grade was awesome um his uh his tackling and run defense grade was uh, I'm not gonna get the exact numbers on the show because I don't know if I'm supposed to do that, but uh, amongst the worst. So, like the aggression, the physicality, that like the first goal line stop has a lot to do with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's fast in a straight line and aggressive mm-hmm. and physical. So they uh, they seem to to figure out ways to use guys, you know, to 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 look good. Uh, Bethune. Kind of of the starters had one of the kind of in the, like the Fentrell uh, grade, and then mm. uh, Deloach oh. had a Deloach had a really high grade. Look, man, I don't know that I fully trust the college grades on PFF like I do the NFL. Yeah, um, I, and I think defense is tougher to an extent. Yeah, uh, like they had Perkins as the worst grade on LSU's entire team today. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I know they do a regrading later in the week. I'd be curious on that because, like, how yeah. are you judging that? 
Like Jordan had one scramble. Yeah. I'll go back and look at Tatum Bethune's uh, tape as well from, from what I saw that looked, uh, that looked like the guy that Florida state thought they might have before he suffered that injury in Louisville yeah. last year. I mean, that, that was pretty, pretty impressive, pretty instinctive. Uh, you know, the frustrations with the officials in the first half, but when the guy like basically walked over to Tatum to tell him not to hit Daniels that hard or whatever he said, I'm like, all right, that's a linebacker, and the quarterback chose to jump up in the air. What what the hell is supposed to happen? This is this is football, but nonetheless, I'm rambling and uh, impressive game, and it doesn't surprise me that Deloach had had one of the higher grades. This uh, is one of the better blitz games that Adam Fuller's called. Hmm, um, okay, I thought as far as not even like getting home on the sacks, but they did get home uh, several. What do they have? Four sacks, five sacks, three sacks. Yeah, five sacks or no, four sacks. But I think if you if you take it like Cheyenne Brown had a really good blitz, Deloach had a good blitz, Lundy had a good blitz. Like of your not like obviously your D lineman dealt blitz, you you had guys blitzing from different angles, and yet you did not give up the explosive like deep shot. Now they did do some dump offs that 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 ran out, and look that's a good offense. Okay, I I think you could tell me that LSU doesn't have a top 20 defense right now, and I'd believe you. But they definitely have like a top 10 level offense. The left side of the offensive line is very good. Like mm-hmm. both those guys will be draft picks. The left tackle. And ask Jared Verse what he thinks about that left tackle because that kid yeah. can play. I mean, like Verse can play too. They, they'll probably see each other on Sundays. You know, like it's not the last Sunday shall they meet. But I thought that was good. Um, you know, and if you were going to keep Adam Fuller around, the argument was basically the continuity. Right, you have two September games. You need to make sure you play good team defense. You're not blowing coverages. You're not blowing assignments. And I thought it was a gamble to keep him around. Not that it wouldn't work, but I didn't think he had shown very much through two years. And I thought this was by far the most impressive game they've had, even though they gave up 300 in the first half. Yeah, because like that's a guy like Daniels will be drafted at quarterback. Right, they have multiple NFL receivers out there. They block well. I know the backs are nothing special, but. That's one of the better offenses you faced in your time there. And you didn't allow the explosives. You get you kept yourself in the fight. Well, a couple explosives, but not the stuff over the top. And you made them earn it for the most part. Like the longer plays were either short stuff that hit or you know, like you didn't see a whole lot of just bombing over the top deep shots that did that like they, the safeties blew or, or like corners and safeties miscommunicated on the deep stuff, which is a change mm-hmm. from prior years. Some of the stuff felt like the Oklahoma game because I was in the same stadium, you know, two sections over for that with you. Like the short stuff that hit felt kind of Oklahoma, but Oklahoma hit the stuff where you were on the top. And in this game, the LSU did not. I thought it was good. Uh, fantastic, man. I mean, uh, interesting to uh, to go back and continue to watch that and you know, make as much as we can. You're always going to overanalyze the first game, I think, just because people are so anxious to go back and look at it. And when you happen to have a win over a top five team, uh, probably more so. But um, what a what a climb, man! What a, what a what a place where this program has gone in in three or four years, uh, and yeah. it's been remarkable. And I'm not, uh, you know, don't like to cross pollinate too much. But if you're 47 minutes in and listen to this podcast and your Sunday morning was a little bit better, the traffic you got caught in leaving Orlando was maybe a little bit more manageable. 
uh, because of what you saw last night. I'd suggest you give considering joining the battles in uh, some real thought. You know, I mean, it's uh, for Florida State to be one of the better college football programs uh, in the country or for Florida State athletics in general to to be at a high level. Uh, it doesn't have to be about all about NIL. It, it won't ever be all about NIL at Florida State. But, you know, Florida State needs to meet the the criteria for competitiveness and uh, the battle's end and, and uh, you know, Rising Spear and some of the other sports uh, very much helps to do that and would ask that you give, like I said, give real consent. If you're 48 minutes into this, you are a diehard, one of the larger fans out there. Um, give it, if it means that much to you, I ask that you give some real thought to join it. So, but thanks for letting me have the uh, 80-second info commercial there. Uh, no, uh, th thanks for doing such a great job, man. Uh, and, and it's an incredible, incredible opportunity. And there's a, if you're at the tailgate, hopefully you got a chance to meet some of the other guys and, and women on the team. We've got some great talented young ladies uh, working with us as well. And, um, and we've got a great team and take it real seriously. And those people deserve, uh, deserve as much or, or more, uh, more kudos than I do. So uh, it's a great, it's been a great time. Uh, this Riley Leonard kid's really good, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like I thought he was pretty good, but like he judging, judging by the chat there. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. He just, he just, there. he just had like a 60 yard run on, on QB power. Or maybe it was counter actually. Anyway. Um, uh, Duke, Duke. I mean, Duke may be one of the, and he gave him a look back. It apparently he's like a really good basketball player. Uh, you know, who else is a good basketball. Player? No, okay. I'm not going to. Not... <laughs> We're not going to uh, talk about King Coleman every three minutes, I promise. Uh, but no, but we no, could, I mean, we could, we could. Hard not to after after uh, last night. But would uh, you say that he and Jordan had good congruity together? Oh uh, my lord, they uh, they seem to be fully locked in, absolutely, and are optimizing uh, Florida State's yeah. offense, absolutely. What is the number to call for congruity? Uh, how many hours are you going to You just DM tonight? me is what you do. No, okay. uh, just <laughs> reach out to me on social or uh, you can email the <laughs> the Nolcast uh, email account. I'm happy to put you in touch with Matt Lewis. And uh, those are those are great people who've done great things for, for many a Seminole-affiliated business, I can assure you. Absolutely. Um, let me see. Punts, there weren't many. They were quality punts. Like there were no really bad punts, right? And that's kind of what you want. You want like the consistent flip the field forty yards. So kickoffs and kickoff coverage was really good, really good. And let's you know, like this is a thing, so I'm not dismissing it, but I'm not trying to give the. I'm I'm going to try to walk a middle line here because I'm not trying to credit the punter for LSU dropping punts all the time. And no, that does seem to be a a thing. <laughs> uh, but Australian punters in particular. I think it's known as the boomerang and it sometimes uh, you know, those dudes have a manner of kicking a ball that it comes down uh, in a different thing. And no, I'm not just talking, I'm not just talking gibberish here. Uh, this is a real thing. And uh, again, I am not trying to credit the punter with a turnover, uh, but <laughs> let's do it. They, but yeah. Wait, is this like, like when you flush the toilets in, in and, it, the and it goes the other way, it goes the other way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that's a perfect analogy, uh, but I'm not a punter. So maybe it is, bud. Maybe it's that they, uh, you know, that he hits it counterclockwise or something like that. But uh, th this is a legitimate thing. 
And I had, from my understanding, and I'm not a putting expert, not something that is able to be hit on every punt, but there's some type of spin that Australian punters in particular have the ability to do. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, growing up playing Australian football or growing up playing rugby that just as having a dad that played some rugby growing up, that would kind of what I would suspect has to do with it. Um, but that is, again, I'm not just, I didn't uh, pause the camera so that I could sniff some glue and start talking to you guys about punters <laughs> getting fumbles, <laughs> but it is a, it is a legitimate thing. What I'm talking about. You realize the kid who fumbled was not the kid uh, that they, that they had in there on the, on the prior punt return. My it didn't surprise me. I mean, the one kid, they, he makes a hell of a the catch. guy for trying to catch the ball. Yeah, exactly. They, I've done that three times now. Knock, I'm going to break glass by the end of the show. Um, but the kid who made the one catch, I'm like, well, one, that's a great catch. Two, if I was a coach, I wouldn't let you return a punt after that because you, there's no way you should be trying to make that catch at what your 10 yeah. or 15 or wherever that was. Um, so completely. I think that's really all we have for tonight. Um, people in the chat asking, are you surprised AZ Thomas did not play well? Uh, guys, I predicted 34 points for LSU. Yeah, like like come April when they have the draft, you're going to see a lot of guys who who play for LSU on that offense get called. I thought the defensive effort was very good. You just have to kind of optimize it for, or just kind of you, you need to realize what you, what you're going up against. I think that's a pretty damn good offense. Yeah, AZ wasn't healthy in the spring, and now he came back and he got a lot of meaningful snaps. I, yeah. Yeah, uh, I also think just as a fan, the impulse is to like, oh, who's the guy chasing after a wide receiver who makes a tackle? Oh, it must have been his fault or whatever. That's not necessarily true. I mean, and look, those are like you said, those are some those are some tough draws uh, when it when it comes to who you're matching up and who you're who you're having to try to try to get to the ground. So I would not be uh, too critical of Az. Az's been very very impressive uh, leading up to to the game and practice. And uh, that young man's got a, got a super bright future uh, from, from a broad perspective. One, 100%. Um, cool, man. That is pretty much all I have for tonight. Uh, I did have some other stuff planned, but I think we'll talk about that. Cause I don't really want to do an hour long Southern miss preview. So we'll kind of yeah. go over how opponents looked in week one uh, for our preview on Thursday. Fantastic. All right, y'all. Um, just enjoy this like you know it's crazy we were doing instant reactions where i was so depressed i couldn't turn the camera on uh not all that long ago all right um it's been a hell of a climb you got one of the better better programs uh broadly speaking you know out there you're headed in the right direction this should be a really fun year and i hope you enjoy it and i hope you uh i hope you listen to the null cast as much as possible uh as part of that enjoyment so uh, we thoroughly enjoyed uh, tonight and look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, that'll probably be a Wednesday night recording with a uh, Thursday pub. So look forward to uh, seeing you then, but thoroughly enjoyed seeing you and Maggie this weekend. Great to catch up, my man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Give Christine and Hambo my best and I uh, will, I'll see you soon, buddy. All right. I'll talk to you later.